Hi there. You're listening to the Lighthouse to the Nations Church podcast. Today, you'll be hearing from Bruce as he shares part four of our series on Ephesians, the secret of what Christ has done between us. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you, and good morning to those of you that are watching online. Trust that you uh, enjoyed this morning's meeting with us as well. I, I want to talk to us a little bit before we get into the Word, just about uh, something that happened on Sunday morning with Terry and I, and I shared it last Sunday morning at the Edenvale site that we have, because I really feel it's so impertinent, it's so, so pertinent for, what, for where we're at right now. Not impertinent, but pertinent, okay? And um, so I was just going over my notes and preparing for the Sunday service. So um, Terry woke me up, well, I was already awake, but she came through and said, hey, Dad, the, the water in my shower is not draining. And the water in my basin is not draining. So, okay, no problem. I said, okay, let's get the plunger. And then I also got some of this uh, chemical drain unblocker. And uh, first I said to her, come, let's go outside to where the drain goes into the gully. And let's see if the water's running there. So we walked outside, and sure enough, there was a trickle of water coming through there, but not a lot, Okay. So I said, okay, there's definitely a block somewhere here. Let's go inside. And so we went inside, and Terry's 23, and she's going to be moving out of the house one of these days. And so I'm preparing her for future life. And I said, okay, you're going to unblock this track. No, not because I don't know how I can't. Actually, on Saturday, I hurt my shoulder riding my motorbike. So I actually didn't have the power to, I've actually got strapping on it at the moment, to push that thing. But I also thought it was a great opportunity to teach her how to do this because... Hey, it's going to save her 500 bucks to call a plumber if she knows how to do it, you know. Anyway, she started in the shower. She must have given it five or six. And, you know, you know what happens? Some gunk comes out, but it really wasn't moving. And I said, okay, come, let's do this um, basin as well. And she gave the basin two jonges with that thing. And the next minute it just went. And uh, immediately the shower just started to drain. The basin had drained and it was flowing again. And I said to her, awesome. Clearly the blockage has been dealt with. She says, but let's go outside, back to the drain, and let's see what was there. Because now I'm keen to know, you know, what was causing the block. And we've, you know, now it's a 50 mil drain pipe. It's about that thick. And we saw this mass of human exfoliation, human toe jam and body grease, (laughs) hair and soap. And all manner of stuff that you can think of just lying like a sausage on that drain pipe. You, you get the picture, hey? Okay. So, okay. So, so, so Terry and David both shared the shower. I mean, Terry and Michael. But that's not the point. The point is this why is it blocked? It's blocked because the shower is doing its job. And the drain is doing its job. It's supposed to handle the waste. It's supposed to handle the rubbish. It's supposed to, the shower cleans you. The basin cleans you. You know, when you shave and when you do all of those things, when you wash your hair. But it's inevitable that at some point it could get blocked. And it's not a bad drain or a bad shower if it gets blocked. It's just life. Amen. And then the solution is, not to have a pity party or oh, oh, such a bad shower, naughty shower, what a, what a, you know, come down on the shower. Mm-hmm. The solution is get the plunger, yeah. 
and unblock that sucker. Amen. 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 And, I, and so now the same thing that happened with my creepy crawly. Um, you know, Brian, the guy that does our, our, our landscaping at our house and our gardening, he was away in Zimbabwe. And um, so for two weeks, I, my garden hadn't been done. And in those two weeks, there was a change of season. The leaves had fallen. Um, eventually, I had to get someone just to come and help me. You know, we picked up 14 black bags full of leaves, just to give you an idea. So now, my pool was starting to look a bit green, and there were leaves all over it. So, Brian's not there, so now I'm going to have to deal with this thing. And sure enough, the creepy crawly in the front was blocked with leaves, inside the pipe was blocked with leaves, the weir was blocked with leaves, and the leaf catcher. And so now I had to go through the process of backwashing, draining, clearing. And over a period of five days, I had to do that twice a day for five days. But after those five days, that pool was, come there now, it's crystal clear. You can see the bottom, pleasure. Again, it's not a bad creepy. I can come and do yours if you want, no problem. <laughs> Serious, I can do that for you, Karen. Um, but... The creepy's doing its job. It's just overwhelmed by the amount of leaves that it had to handle in the short space of time. And it's not wrong. It just needs to be maintained and fixed and helped. Yeah. And in that moment, I felt the Lord said to me on Sunday, you know, we're going through a change of season. And let's face it, COVID in 2020 has been a tough year Amen. for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that there could be errors in your life. Things have happened and perhaps in your relationship with God or your relationship with other people or your relationships with the church or in your finances or at work or wherever, there could be some blockages in your life. And just because life has happened to you. And I feel like this, as we're doing this Ephesians series, God wants to come with the plunger of His Spirit and the plunger of His Word and of the preaching of the Word and the ministry of the saints. And He wants to unblock us. Amen. And I, so I want you to hear that and I want you to be ready for that because at the end we're going to minister and you're going to minister to one another. Amen. But allow this, already what's been said this morning, I believe it's significant, you know, mm-hmm. Hillary's testimonies of the money and the chocolate, mm-hmm. um, a friend visiting her, you know, the scripture that Gracie shared and Vivian's thing about the tunnel and the light and just yeah. groping and, until you see the light. These are great encouragements. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when you're blocked, you feel like you're in a dark place. Am I right? You feel like there's no hope. But I want to tell you, God is the God of hope. And Christ in us is the hope of glory. Amen. Amen. And he told us in the beginning of this year, hey, I'm your hope of glory. Remember that 19th of January service and those 10 prophetic words about restoration and hope. And God is a greater king than King Solomon. And all of those things that he promised us. And remember Loretta's prophetic word about how this year external circumstances are going to cause us to wobble. But God's goodness, God's mercy, God's love... God's grace is sufficient to see us through it. So light us. For those of you that are watching online, these these are important things that I want you to take a note of and I want you to be aware of. Because, you know, it's so important to know the season and to know what God's doing. And especially if you're experiencing some things in your life where you feel like it's just not flowing and there's a blockage. You're not a bad person. You're not a bad shower. You're not a naughty shower. In fact, you're most probably blocked because you're a good Christian. You're a good person and you're a cleansing agent on the earth. But sometimes the cleansing agent, because they're doing a good job cleaning, gets blocked. And God is not saying, oh, what's wrong with this? 
you know, got unblocked him again. He's like, hey, this is my daughter. This is my son. I love you. I'm for you. I want to unblock you. I want to set you free. I want you to continue to be the man or the woman that I've called you to be. Is this helpful this morning, my friends? Is it resonating with you? Because I think it's so important. And uh, Terry, you're going to have to restart that counter because I'm, I'm not preaching yet. I'm serious. I'm sharing in God, really, what I really believe is so important for us to hear. And what we need to now understand what God is saying in this season. Is that good? So I hope that's helpful for you, my friends. And uh, I'm going to pray even right now for you. you Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray for myself. I pray for everyone here. I pray for those watching online. Lord, if there are areas in our lives that are blocked because of life and circumstances, Lord, we've just become blocked. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that this morning and over these next few weeks as we preach the word and as we look at this book of Ephesians, in Jesus' name, we ask that you would come by the power of your spirit and unblock us, O God, so that we could be living effective lives for you and with one another, enjoying you and enjoying one another, Lord. Thank you that you've called us to be a healing community and a based church. And even a healing community in a base church at times is going to need to be unblocked and backwashed, Lord. And we thank you that you will do that for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Wonderful. I felt that so strongly, my friends. And I didn't want to rush that because I feel like God God is speaking, you know. He's speaking a lot. Amen. Now I want you to give me 25 minutes, please. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. I also want to... Okay, there we go. So... This morning I have the privilege of preaching from Ephesians chapter 1, sorry, Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 11 to chapter 3 and verse 13. And it's an incredible passage of scripture. Um, And um, I want to read it, so let me just read it, the first couple of verses. It says here in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11, Therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth, called the uncircumcised by those that called themselves the circumcised. That is done in the body by the hands of man. Remember that, you, that, that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. But now, and you've got to just love those words, eh? But now, or but God. But now, in Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Jesus. Amen. This is such a wonderful, incredible passage of Scripture. Now, we know that the Bible is divided into Old Testament and the New Testament. Amen? And we know that the, 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 the Jewish people and the people of Israel were called the chosen people of God. Amen? Which they were. Yes. Amen? Amen? And what were they? why were they chosen by God? And what were they chosen to do? Who can tell me? Why were they the chosen people? And what were they chosen to, by God to do? They were chosen to worship Him. What else? Yes, Douglas. They were chosen because God had made a covenant with Abraham. But what did the Abrahamic covenant say? Through your offspring, the whole earth will be blessed. Yes? Okay? So now, this is not a trick question, and it's important that we understand the answer to this question. We believe the Bible's teaching of why God chose the nation of Israel from out of the nations that existed on the earth at the time, He chose them 
to be the ones through which the lineage of Jesus would come. Do you understand that? If you follow the, the line that from Adam and you read the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew and in Luke, the one is, is Joseph's genealogy, the other is Mary's, you'll see that from Adam to Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Judah to David, there is a lineage that brings in to Jesus. And the Jewish people were chosen by God to be a special position for the express purpose of being the, the nation and the race that would usher in the Messiah. Amen. Now, we do believe that God still has a plan and a purpose for the nation of Israel because those covenants were eternal covenants that God is not going to break. However, we do live in the new covenant. And this is what Paul is dealing with in this verse. He's saying, listen, the, you Gentiles are called the uncircumcised by the circumcised. Can you see the language and the distinction? You, the uncircumcised. We, the circumcised. You were far away from God. You were not the chosen people of God. You were excluded from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel. You were foreigners to the Abrahamic covenant. You were foreigners to the covenant of Jacob and Isaac and David. You were not included in those covenants. Do you get it? So Paul is saying that there's a distinction between Jew and Gentile. And there was this big distinction. Okay, But then those beautiful words, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near through the blood of Jesus. Amen. This is so powerful, my friends. And um, what, what, what was happening here is that God is restoring unity between himself and man was lost and stolen at the fall. Remember? God had said to Adam and Eve, when you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. And up until that point, God had been man's head and man's covering, and Adam was under God. And actually, I believe that, that Adam had been put on earth, and, and, and he was actually ruling on the planet, and he was ruling over the enemy. Are you with me? So it was God, Adam, and the enemy. And then at the temptation and at the fall of man, there was a shift that happened. Adam chose to come from out from under the covering of God. And Satan usurped Adam's authority. And he now became man's new head. And, he, and there was enmity. Divide and conquer is the strategy of, of, of most enemies. All right? And so, so Satan attacked man, divided man from God, and brought in this division between man and God. All right? But the good news is, that this is what it says here. But now, through what? Through the blood of Jesus, you have been brought near. You have been reconciled back to God. Now, if you've been listening over the last three or four weeks, in Ephesians chapter 1, it says you were called. You were chosen. God adopted you into his family. Amen? He chose in advance to bring you into his family. God loves you. God is for you. Now, you've got to stand on that, my friends. I felt this morning as I was preparing and last night that, you know, some of us, we, we change. We chop and change. We go with our emotions. We up and we down. We in and we out. You know that song? You're in and you're out. You're up and you're down. But the Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. Yeah. My friend, when God chose you, he chose you. Amen. He chose you when you were dead in your sins and your trespasses. Yeah. When you were at your worst, he said, I still love you. I still choose you. And I'm never going to unchoose you. God is never going to unchoose you. 
You can walk away from God, but God will not walk away from you. When you are, when the Bible says that when we, when we are unfaithful, He is still faithful because He cannot deny Himself. And I want you to be secure in that, my friends. Paul has taken three, two, two chapters and 11, one chapter and 11 verses in this to, to convince you of this fact that you belong to God. You were far away, but now you are brought near to God. And we'll unpack that a little bit more. Okay, but this is so important that you understand that. Now let's read verses 14 to verses 19. For he himself, speaking of Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two one, destroying the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Now who are the two that he's referring to here? Jews and Gentiles. He's saying that he himself is our peace, because he has made the two one. And what has he done? He has destroyed the barrier that brings division. How? Verse 15. By abolishing in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create himself, in himself, one new man out of the two. Thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. By which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to those of you who are far away and peace to those who were near. For through Jesus, through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with God's people. You are members of God's household. Wow, this is some of the most amazing promises and scriptures that we can understand as, as believers today. Amen? And how, how God has destroyed the dividing wall of hostility between mankind and between the Jews and the Gentiles. Amen? Now, restoration, sorry, unit, this is speaking about the restoration of the unity between mankind that was also lost at the fall. Okay? Now, when you go and look in Genesis chapter 3, after the fall of man and the curse of man, mm-hmm. there was a separation between men and women. Yes. Then Cain killed Abel. So it goes from just one little disobedience, don't eat from a fruit of the tree, to murder in a chapter. Cain kills his brother Abel because he's envious. Separation between family members. Yes. Then in Genesis chapter 11, God at the Tower of Babel yes. confuses a man and what they're trying to do in building that tower and he gives them different languages and that is the birth of different ethnicities, different ethnic groups different tribes, different tongues, different languages, different people. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. So Satan brought the division between, and the full brought the division between Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and God also, but God brought the division of the nations. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. But, but it's a consequence of actually the fall. I don't, if there was no fall, I don't think God would have had to divide the nations. But he had to divide the nations because united man against the purposes of God had to be stopped. And so God stopped them. And so I want you to see that sin brings separation. Separation between the sexes. Separations between family members. And separation between mankind. If, you know, and, and, you know um, in Genesis, God actually says to Adam and to Eve, um, he says to, 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 to Eve, um, that uh, you'll have pain in childbirth. And then he says this interesting, he says, you will 
Desire your husband, but he will rule over you. Okay? And then Adam, it's he, obviously he curses Adam, you know, and you'll just went to the ground, you'll till the ground and all of those things. Now, that word desire there, is, is it not a, it's, not a, it's not a desire as in a sexual desire or as a desire I want to be with. It's a desire to control. It's a desire to be over. Are you with me? And that's just where we see this competition between men and women. It's a consequence of the fall. All right? Up until that time, there wasn't this disunity between men and women. It's this plan in the scheme of the enemy to divide and to conquer. Can you see it? Same with Adam. No, now, as proof of that, in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 6, God says to uh, Cain killed Abel, eh? Yeah. He says to Cain, why are you so angry? Why are you so downcast? Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. But you must master it. The same word desire there, where sin is desiring to master Cain, desiring to get a hold of him. That's what God is saying. Eve, because of the fall, you're going to desire your, your, your husband. Now, what, what I'm not saying here is that Eve is the problem. Are you with me? No, I'm not saying that. If you look at the fall... Adam failed to lead Eve properly. Adam failed to protect Eve. He should have said to her, get away from the tree, stop speaking to the serpent. God told us not to do it. Adam failed to exercise his authority, causing Eve to go somewhere where we shouldn't supposed to go, bringing problems into the world. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So the Bible doesn't lay blame at Eve's feet. It lays blame at Adam's feet. And actually it holds Adam responsible for the sin of Eve. Do you know that? The Bible says that sin came into the world through one man, Adam. God holds Adam responsible for his mistake because he is responsible for her. But, 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 but this is the good news of this passage of Scripture. Jesus came to bring restoration between God and man, restoring vertical unity and intimacy and reconciliation. But then he also came to establish horizontal unity between Jews and Gentiles in this context. But if you look later in the book of um, Ephesians, as we will study over the next couple of weeks, in this context of this passage, I'm preaching about speaking about the division between Jew and Gentile. But later on in the book, he speaks about unity in the church, how we be united in the church. Then he speaks about, it says, living as children of the light. And he gives, he gives many pointers on how we can live reconciled with mankind. Then he goes a bit even deeper and he speaks about husbands and wives. And he says, this is how husbands and wives should be live to be reconciled. Then he says, this is how parents and children should live to be reconciled. And then eventually he talks about slaves and masters in that context. But if we take those principles and we apply them to employers and employees, we'll see how God wants to bring unity and restoration into the marketplace. Now just think about this with me for a second. How pertinent is this in the context of what's happening in South Africa right now? With these farm murderers and that young guy that was killed there, are you with me, and the outrage between the farmers and, and the... Satan is inciting in this nation at this time a huge division between the races. And of course we know gender-based violence and all of those things, massive problems between the sexes. And I want to tell you that the church, we the church... Because of who Jesus is and because of what Jesus has done, we have got the solutions and we have got the answers and God still wants us to be that healing, redeeming shower 
creepy-crawly that can get unblocked and bring unity and bring hope and bring restoration and show how we live. And it's one of the things I love about Lighthouse. Is that there is this unity in diversity. And it was always God's plan for the church. Amen? Is this helpful this morning? Now, look at verse 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So it's what it's saying is the church, the church is this. Remember he said he took the two, the Jews and the Gentiles, he made them one, one body. Okay, and that body is built on the foundation of what? Three things. The apostles, the prophets, with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. Now what does this mean? What is Paul referring to here? It's so beautiful. The apostles obviously refer to the 12 apostles of Jesus Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke. You know those guys. Okay? Jesus chose 12 men to be eyewitnesses of his life, death, and resurrection. Amen? And those apostles were responsible for writing a lot of the New Testament. So the apostles there refers to the, the writing of the New Testament apostles. The prophets there refers to the Old Testament prophets that wrote the Old Covenant. You see, we are, while God has done away with some of the Old Covenant, we are, there were still covenants there, there were still promises there. Are you with me? Yeah. And, and it's part of the foundation of our Christian faith. Part of our foundation of our Christian faith is our Jewish heritage. Mm-hmm. Amen? Mm-hmm. And then lastly, with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. They are the cornerstone of the Christian faith. All right? And so this is what we build this new church on. The Old Testament, the Gospels, and the New Testament writing of the Apostles. Mm. Verse 21 says this. In Him, in Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. You see, this is beautiful. You have a new head. Before the fall and before you were born again, Satan was your head and Adam was your ancestor and you inherited sin. But now, when you get born again, you are transferred. Last week I preached, and I said there's two things from last week's preach. Transferred and transformed. You are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You are transferred from Adam and Satan being your head to Jesus and God the Father being your head. You are transferred to being a slave to sin to being a child of God. That's who you are. And that's what you've got to be. And that's why God will give his daughter chocolates and a friend and money. And that's why when you can cry to God and you can say, Lord, I need to see your goodness in this time. I need you to unlock me because I am your child. And Jesus says in Luke that if you've been evil, not to give your children good gifts when they ask. How much more won't your heavenly father give you when you ask of him? And the Bible says this, you have not because you ask not. My friend, ask your father. Ask your father. Because you've been reconciled to him and we are being reconciled to one another. Amen. Isn't this helpful? Okay. And so, listen to, so now we go to chapter 3 from verses 1 to verse 6. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ for the sake of you Gentiles. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I've already written briefly. So there's this mystery, the secret, 
that Paul wants to reveal and that is talked about a little bit. Which was not made known to men in other generations, but it has now been revealed by God's Spirit to the holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel and members together of one body and sharers together in the promises of Christ. Now you've got to really appreciate what Paul is saying here to understand this. It was such a cataclysmic paradigm shift. It was a mental paradigm shift for a Jew to accept that now God was accepting these dirty Gentiles, uncircumcised, pork-eating, sexually immoral, lying, lazy brutes. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? These were unclean people. They'd been taught their whole lives. That you, you must live separate and apart. They were taught apartheid. They were taught by God to live separate. Because, and they were to be separate because they had to bring in Jesus. But when Jesus had come, they had done their job. And you must also remember that the nations didn't have... God had given them a law. A, a good, the, the law was a good thing. It was a good thing to live by. It just couldn't save them. Okay? Now, I want you, now Paul says something here. You've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me. Now, put, put the picture. If you go and read the story of Ephesus in Acts 17, 18, and 19, this is what you'll see. Paul started preaching in the synagogue. Then he offended the Jews and they kicked him out. So then he went to the hall of Tyrannus and he preached there. His preaching was so effective that 10 million rands worth of witchcraft and sorcery books were burned Okay, so what? So now you had Jews in the church, these circumcised. Now you had ex-Satanists and people that would read tarot cards and people that would do all kinds of black magic. Now they're worshiping together. Now you can you imagine you're a Jew? You're like, <laughs> yes or no? Who can understand that? I can understand that. But not only that, the sales of the artifacts of the Temple of Artemis and her figurine. They're dropping. Why? Because people that used to worship the goddess of fertility. And, and part of that worship was that you would go into the temple and there'd be temple prostitutes. And you would have sex with them. And that would bless you. And you'd have to pay money for that. That was part of their worship. They worshipped God by sleeping with the temple prostitutes. Now all of a sudden, next Sunday, that guy gets saved. Previous Sunday, he was sleeping with the prostitute in the temple courts. Now he gets saved Monday to Friday. He rocks up at church on Sunday. But he's still got all of the chokos and all of the nunus there. And you're this good Jewish boy with your family and he has this guy worshipping next to you. How, now, now, now Paul, now you Paul, obviously, the law, there's certain things in the law that have, that have been abolished. We eat pork. We don't, we don't worship on a Saturday. There's many things in the law that, that have changed for us. So you've got people like that. Then you've got the magic, black magic guys. And you've got the Ephesian worshippers of Artemis guys. Now you've got to come up with a new form of worship for all of those people. Can you imagine the challenge? And what does Paul say? God gave me grace to come up with an administration on how God wants the church function. In unity. Amen. In love. Amen. With one another. 
despite our diverse backgrounds. And guess what happened? They did it. So what does that give us for South Africa? Hope! Because my friend, no matter what the dividing wall between the races is and between the sexes and between anything else, in God and in the power of His Spirit, He can unite us and the gospel can bring us together. Isn't this amazing? Can you see how practical this preaching is for where we find ourselves? Listen to what he says, verse 7 to verse 9. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given me through the working of his power. Although I'm less than the least of all of God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to the, the, the administration of this mystery for which ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. You know, I was in Zimbabwe. 10 years ago at a conference. And at that conference in Zimbabwe, we had an ex-war veteran from Zimbabwe that was, by the white people, was called a terrorist. Then we had a a white man, middle-aged, who was fighting for the Rhodesian army. And both of them preached in the same pulpit at that conference and spoke about how God was on their sides. And if you talk to both of them, you'll hear testimonies of how God protected them during that war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I don't know how you work that out, but in the church, God brings reconciliation. God brings restoration. God is able to take that, those two, destroy the dividing wall and barrier of hostility and make us one. And Paul says, listen, it was the gift of God's grace that he was able to do that. I want to ask you, have you accessed God's grace? To be a part of the solution to South Africa. To stop the problem. Amen. 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 And closing with these few verses. Now listen to this. Verse 10. God's intent. His intent is now that. Through the church. The manifold wisdom of God should be made to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. According to his eternal purpose. Which is purpose in Christ Jesus. Later on in the book of Ephesians. Paul will say. We do not fight against flesh and blood. We do not fight against African people or white people or Indian people or colored people or female people or male people or people that are employees or people that are employers. We don't fight against those people. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. It is against the rulers and the demonic forces that are there that want to bring division between the sexes, division between the races, division between the employees and employers. And in the church, we have got this ability to bring reconciliation and restoration. And that is our God's, God's intent. Is that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, we've been known to those guys and you want to bring the vision, but look at my church. Look at them worshipping together. And that's what we want to be at Light's House. Is this helpful, my friends? And then closing Verse 12 and 13. In Him, and through faith in Him, so in Jesus, and in faith in Jesus, you may approach God with freedom and confidence. My friends, you might have some racist tendencies inside of you. You might have some male chauvinistic tendencies inside of you. You might have some issues with men inside of you. You might have some issues between employees and employees inside of you. I want to tell you, my friends, the Bible says that through faith in Jesus, and in Jesus, we can approach God with freedom and confidence, and we can say, God, unblock me, unblock me, undo my mind, and renew my mind, that I can be a part of the solution and manifest your wisdom to these powers and principalities that are bringing the mission. Wow, this is amazing. Eh? 
Father God, we come before you this morning. This is a now word for us as a church. It's a now word for our nation, oh God. And Lord, we pray that even as I've been preaching this morning, in Jesus' name, you would break every lie of the enemy. Everything that is causing us to be blocked up. Lord, we want to ask you to forgive us for our prejudices, for our fears, and for our insecurities. And they've been put there by political powers. They've been put there even sometimes by the church to control us. But Father, this morning, we thank you that you're our head. And that you're our Lord. And that you're our King. And Jesus, Paul wrote and said that Christ destroyed the dividing barrier of hostility. So Lord, we ask in Jesus' name this morning that you would destroy those walls in our lives and bring down the barriers and that you'd bring reconciliation even as we preach the rest of Ephesians between the races, between the sexes, between families, between children and parents, between employers and employees, and that the church would have solutions to this world's problems. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope that if you're watching online that you are blessed by that and that it's encouraged you as well today. Just remember Q&A with Bruce and Myra. This, this preach should have opened up a whole lot of can of worms for you. <laughs> and uh, if it did and you've got some questions, please please pop them in the comment section or if you've got questions today, then message them to Hillary or to Loretta, to myself. And we'd love to answer them for you because I know we're scratching in a lot of areas. Yeah. But man, we need to scratch so we can bring the solutions. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about who we are as a church, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministry, please visit our website at www.thelighthouse.org.za. Remember to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any of our episodes. Thank you.